Dr. Amalia Ganyas-Malka. Welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. Joining us in our Johannesburg studio today is multi-award-winning singer, songwriter, guitarist, and music producer, Barita. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you here. Absolutely. To begin with, you were born in Zimbabwe. Yes. Immigrated to New Zealand, and you've now navigated your way back to (laughs) Africa and are pursuing a multifaceted career in the music industry. Yes. What first sparked your interest in the arts? So, growing up, interestingly, I thought my career was going to go more the academic route. First of all, I am the daughter, first daughter of um, a middle class, you know, household in Zimbabwe where education is the foremost important priority so my parents both teachers made sure that i went to the best schools they could afford um in terms of primary school and high school and when i was 16 when we moved overseas my parents had hopes that i would then get an even better education and hopefully become a doctor or a lawyer or something of that nature (laughs) um I'd always loved school and I thought that's the path I was going to take until I started listening to radio and I discovered the likes of Oliver Mtukudzi, Chiwoni Somarire and I started following the top 40 most played artists on radio and every Saturday I would check what song is playing and what number is it. And from then onwards, little did I know that I was sparking a fire for for not just music, but to do it at a very high level. And as you were doing that, because you've got the academic stream, parents are both teachers. Mm-hmm. Were you doing part of the arts in conjunction or was it just the focus on studies? The focus was on studies. I was a part of the church choir, but not really a particular star in the church choir. If the person next to me sang alto, I sang alto. <laughs> if they sang soprano, I sang soprano. Okay, so you were developing an ear so as you were going along. I could say I was developing an ear. I think um, when we moved to New Zealand, first of all, I, w- I now found myself in a very different environment to the one I had grown up in. And I started asking myself questions about my identity and what it meant for me to be an African. Um, and then music and the arts I started painting I started um, fashion designing and then I picked up the guitar and I felt at home from that day onwards that's a wonderful development then coming back to South Africa yeah what what was the trigger so I finished my high school in New Zealand and then I took a year off. My parents are, by the way, dairy farmers in New Zealand. So um, what that means is that it, in New Zealand, even from when you're 14 years old, you can work in the dairy farm part time. You can, you know, go wake up early in the morning, go milk cows. There's no day off <laughs> on a farm. No, there's no day off. So if our parents are off, then we are on. And then that way I made up, I made my pocket money and that's how I bought my first guitar. 
and I spent the year listening to music, playing a few chords, writing a few ideas down. And then um, because of complications with the visa, paperwork and all that stuff, I needed to now come back home. Bear in mind, it wasn't my parents' first choice. They would have loved for me to study, you know, as they would want me to. But now this was perfect for me because I grew up listening to South African music. And because my tribe is originally from Guazulu, the Ndebele people um, fled the, the Shaga kingdom with Umziligazi um, and came to Zimbabwe. So there's always been that link. It's a present link between um, Matebelele and Zimbabwe and um, KZ and South Africa. So I knew that it would not be unfamiliar territory. And I moved here in 2011 to study and secretly pursue music. And having made the jump from establishing your your ground base, going in, developing your career so far, what would you say have been some of the key landmarks in your journey? I have to say my album was released way earlier than I thought it would be. I came to South Africa in 2011, started performing at community halls, um, drama classes and all those things. And I never thought that within a year I would be able to record my first album. Um, So I think recording my first album, Conquering Spirit, was the highlight. It happened so quickly. And soon after then, my first um, song that is considered a hit, um, Tandoloe 2, which is the song that no matter where in South Africa I play, everybody sings along, comes from that album as well. So, and then going on to collaborate with Brahuma Segela and Oliver Mtukudzi. And of course, you know, winning some awards along the way which you know I feel grateful to to win them they're not really what I aim for when I make music and now getting to a point whereby I have three albums under my belt and I've become a self-sufficient independent artist who is learning how to produce write and and release music and we'll definitely touch more on the independent <laughs> oh, yeah. artist piece a, a little bit later. So Conquering Spirit was the first album. Yes. Music is always such a big inspiration to people. Mm, mm. What influences your songwriting? For me, I started writing songs because I had emotions within myself that I could not express out to the world. I am a naturally very kind and respectful person. So sometimes I live a lot unsaid. And through my music, I'm able to say things that I would not, under normal circumstances, be able to voice out. So I find it as an outlet and a voice for myself. And I also observe life. And I'm also very emotional. I'm Kansarian, by the way. So um, I'm able to write about love and life and um, what's happening in our continent from an emotional space. How would you classify your genre of music? My genre of music, the core genre that I mostly produce and play in is called Afro Soul. And this is a genre that has mixture of jazz, gospel elements, um, with a fusion of African guitars and sometimes 
um, African languages. I sing in different African languages, be it it's Kosa, which is the main one I sing in, or it's Ndebele, or it's Shona, sometimes in Swahili and other African languages. Um, I'm also influenced by pop music. Having spent a bit of time in New Zealand, I got to listen to the music of Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift, which dominated the airwaves um, when I was a teenager. And that has also inspired how I, my music, I find I make music that is easily accessible. The melodies are easily accessible to anyone, um, be it you understand the language or not. So you've got this fusion effect combining pop with some of the traditional aspects coming yes. through. And do you find that you think differently in different languages? Well, I think the thoughts are the same. It's just how it's expressed um, in a different language. I found when I did the song with Oliver Mtukudzi and Prahuma Segela, um, he actually had to teach me how to, I knew how to speak Shona, but to get the song to sound the way it does on the chorus, um, we actually had to have a training session of what does it mean when you say Pengao okay and how do you express it? And every language, I think, is reflective of culture. It's reflective of emotion. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the food of the soul. Definitely. I find there's a song called Milele that I sing in Swahili. Um, and that song, whenever I play, I played it this past weekend in Durban at a show. And it's rhythmic. So people sing, people dance, but they don't necessarily know what the song is about. And I think that's where the magic is. We've spoken about various languages that you sing in. Yes. You've toured Southern as well as East Africa. Mm -hmm. To date, what would you say has been a standout performance or show? I love performing. So every show is a standout show. I think what I enjoy is being able to um, conduct the audience, be it it's just me and my guitar or it's uh, me and my full band. I think I recently did a show at Carnival City alongside Lyra and Selena Johnson as I, uh, part of the previous month, Women's Month um, shows that I did. And with that show, I really, really enjoyed um, commanding the audience in an arena. It was really a, a highlight show for me because I then got to think back seven years ago when I was starting out and I looked up to Lyra and now here I am sharing the stage with her. How does it feel after that, you know, going from being unknown to becoming into the public to sharing the stage with people that were, were your idols? I think for me it's happened gradually and also I have worked hard and continue to work hard to be in the spaces that I'm in. It used to be a surprise for me, but now it's not anymore. Now it's like I belong here. This is my home. <laughs> you've mentioned a couple of the collaborations that you've had with legends on the continent. Are you yes. looking towards the future with, with collaborating with more people? Definitely. What's exciting for me now is also the fact that I write songs for different artists. Um, I've had the opportunity to write songs for artists that, you know, are upcoming, that are in my league. I recently uh, wrote a song that's out for Tapsy, 
recently a song that I wrote was sang by Mami Von Chaga Chaga and Zolani from Freshly Ground. That was the most amazing moment. Tell us more about that because they've both been on, on the show and I think they're fantastic as individuals yes. beyond their singing talents, also the, the philanthropic efforts that they do. Definitely. In terms of Mami Von Chaga Chaga, she's also my mentor. So um, she's someone that I have a very close relationship with and has taught me a lot about life and music and for her I love how she's taught me how to respect and honor myself as a young woman in the music and in the music business so um, having her sing my song um, and be so present in that moment is something that is beyond my wildest dreams Mommy Von Chaga Chaga is my mom's favorite artist and I grew up listening to her music. And then for Zolani as well, she's an artist that when I was starting out, I looked up to. I find her voice gorgeous. Like she has one, she has a voice that I truly admire. And I actually think some of the characteristics in my voice are a bit similar to hers. So when she sang that song, that was like, that took me aback. Now, talking about your your very talents, so we've spoken about writing songs for other people. We've spoken about writing songs for yourself, obviously, playing the guitar. You have established your own independent record label, Mm -hmm. Asali Music, Mm -hmm. with a core focus on developing female talent. Tell us a bit more about how you're grooming not just your talent, but nurturing the talent of upcoming young ladies for the record label? So um, having spent seven years in the industry and releasing um, the work that I've released, one thing that I did struggle with when I first walked into studios was that they were all male dominated. And when I sat in meetings with big record labels, the executives are all males. It's changing now compared to what it was seven years ago. I found that as a, an, an independent record label, I've dealt with partners in my business that are female, that I know seven years ago those roles did not exist. Um, so there has at least been a bit of change. With Asali Music, what I really wanted to do, I wanted to create a space that is inclusive, um, that does not prejudice or bias um, in terms of gender and in terms of sex. And that's something that um, I'm working on. We try first and nurture ourselves. It's our first year in business. um, And we've learned so much, uh, you know, just by handling my brand. And now I've started getting demos from a number of female artists across the country. I am constantly in talks, um, trying to see um, who would be best suited to be the artist that we work with. But even those that I cannot work with, I'm always willing to share that knowledge because um, I long ago found out that male artists assist each other. They share beats, they share music, they it's share the ideas. They have networks, but female artists are on their own. So it's something that um, I'm working a lot. And there's also established artists that are dear friends of mine. And I'm really trying to foster a spirit of collaboration. And to really, yes, there's something called competition. And yes, we are all in a competitive um, industry. But beyond that, um, 
we are all just one ecosystem. So if there's female promoters, there's female artists, female record label owners, female PR um, publicists, then we, we are all a network that can assist each other without intimidating each other and without um, the, 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 you know, the gender play. And there's the construct of collaborative competition. Yes. And there is such a thing as win-win. It's Absolutely. not a yeah. case where because you are advancing that it's someone someone is losing. There's those opportunities of, of expanding. And I always remember one of the interviews we had with um, Geraldine Fraser Molichetti, mm -hmm. where she was speaking about saying, you know, people think that we have this pie as a as a mm, bakery mm, and that if mm. you keep taking out a slice there's only one you, you you're diminishing mm, but mm, she said mm. this is about thinking about things in terms of abundance that if you keep adding to this and having the diversity in the mix you're growing the pie definitely not shrinking the pie definitely. and i think this is another perfect mm. example mm, mm, mm. what would you say now given what you know are the current strengths for women in the music industry in south africa I think that um, over the past couple of years, I've observed women be resilient. Um, it's not easy to be on the road playing five shows a weekend all around South Africa. Um, I've seen that women are taking on roles not just in front of the music. You know, back in the day, we have artists that we looked up to, like Brenda Farsi, who did not write their own songs, who um, um, did not have access to the, the, the publishing royalties of the music that they sang. So which meant that they were getting the least pie, you know, it, it, the scrap of the pizza, really. Um, but now I find that when I talk to my friends, Amanda Black, um, Saki, you know, they, they write their own music. They produce or co-produce the music. They uh, own record labels or are in partnership with record labels where they have a say about what the final product of their music yeah, is. Artists nowadays seem to have greater ownership Mm, of mm, of mm. what they're producing. Mm. I actually speaking on that. Um, I am a brand a brand ambassador for this year's Moshito conference, and I have been paired up with the phenomenal Tandega PJ Powers, and me and her had a conversation two weeks back where she said to me, "It's unthinkable that as a young woman I own my own music because." When they were my age, they could not even fathom. They could not even think that was possible. And they were always tied up in these ridiculously long contracts yep. that basically bound them for their entire careers. Oh, yeah, definitely. Tell us more about Moshito as a music conference. Yes. So Moshito is a gathering of um, Africa's and the, co uh, the, the rest of the world's delegates from different parts of the music industry, be it it's the intellectual property, or it's the master rights, or it's the promoters that do the shows, or the agents, or the record um, labels and the radio stations. So it's like the business side of things. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It happens once a year, 
Um, and there's different, there's showcases for upcoming artists, there's showcases for developing artists. And it's really, a, you know, a, a gathering to come together and see how we can make the music industry better. And I know this year the theme is In Zalabantu Unchained. So it's a, a, it's a, a really um, a female agenda. And we are talking about the inclusivity of women in the different aspects of the music industry. And most of the panels are going to be female-led this year. Given what you know now, yes. what would be your advice to young ladies who aspire to be involved in the industry in some shape or form? I would say the first and foremost important thing is to know that you matter. I think when I started in the music industry, I always put someone else first before me. I put the record label first, put the manager first, put the musicians I work with first. And um, I found that because of that, um, in the long run, I'm building a legacy that's going to last over 50 years. And all these other people have the opportunity, the non-exclusive opportunity to work with other people and develop other narratives for themselves. But I'm exclusive to myself for the rest of my life. I find that a lot of female artists um, are empathetic for themselves. They're like, oh, but uh, I was trying to say the song must go this way, but the producer um, would not let me speak or, you know, Whereas I think that uh, I would assert myself more. I would make sure that I'm confident in my craft and I would know that um, my music and my craft is, that that's my CV, you know. If, no matter, it doesn't matter how much money the other partner has, but if I have full ownership of my music and my craft, I am much more health, wealthier than that person. It gives you your authenticity and it, it's your identity. Yes. We, we go back to that. that definitely, piece that did definitely. Because what happens is that times change, years pass on, and you realize that you've lost yourself and you, you've not filled up the cup from where you took from. You are listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective on frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band, also available on DSTV channel 802. Today, we're talking to multi-award winning singer, songwriter, guitarist and music producer, Barita. We would love to hear your comments on Twitter at Humanity Talk. Now, coming back to our conversation, in August, you released a brand new single called yes. Yours. Yes. Please tell us more about this exciting new release. Yes. Yours is actually the second release from my record label. It's a single that I released in celebration of love. Um, I find that most of my songs lately are quite romantic. <laughs> and it's, it's a feel-good spring summer song and I really wanted um, to capture innocence in love and and be jolly and happy I also happen to produce 
the song. Initially, um, I had written it thinking that I was going to go into studio with another producer, but I then worked on the production, which makes it the first song that I've fully produced. Um, and I've really enjoyed the response that I've received since the song has been out. So this one woman written, <laughs> sung and produced. Can you share a little bit of the song with, with our listeners? Yes, I'd love to do that. The chorus goes something like, I just want to be yours, be yours, yours, young I. I just want to be yours, be yours, yours, young I. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. We can definitely hear the love in the air and the passion that's coming through. Yes. Now, despite, we know that you come from... A, a family of academics mm. as teachers mm. and despite being busy with your music you still managed to study at Walter Sisulu University yes. education is a skill and resource which really contributes to women's empowerment and the betterment not just for themselves but mm. the, the lives mm. of their families mm. and mm. looking at what you've shared with us today you're not just about singing you are you are looking at a presence in the entire industry. Mm. So could you share with us what it means on achieving your academic qualification, particularly for young women who may be at this cusp where they're not sure, should I go and study? Should I go and work? What their choices are in life? I really think that when you are young, you must do all you can. I went to school to study. I would have loved to study music, um, but I was accepted for an accounting course and started my career while I was studying, but I always vowed to finish what I started. And I, you know, finished at the top of my class. And I found that I've continued to instill um, that discipline in myself. Um, there's still so many skills that I want to acquire. And I feel like in the 21st century as well, these skills that one needs to know if you're going to run a business, you need to know about marketing, uh, financial management, human resources. Those are things that you need to be aware of. And with the way that um, everything works now in the music, you really can't just get into it with the talent. It's so much more than that. But this gives you your ownership. It gives you your, mm -hmm. your business mm -hmm. skills, your acumen. And you wouldn't have been able to achieve that if you hadn't studied Definitely, definitely. And I would also say, if you perhaps have not had the chance to study, it's never too late. You are so right. And you speak about your mentor. I think mm. she was starting to do her MBA at 50. Mm, mm, mm. That's, that's mommy von Chaga Chaga. So <laughs> she's, she's there and a perfect example. Never too late. Definitely. I, I still have grand ambitions. I actually want to further my studies more in music. I want to learn about engineering. I want to, when I hear sounds, be able to isolate them. I want to learn how to sound design music. I want to learn how to score for movies. So I really believe that you can never stop learning. We believe that too on the show, on uh, our great advocates of, of education. We've just celebrated Women's Month in South Africa. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, in the last couple of weeks, once again, we've had 
awful news about young women being raped, young women being murdered. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we know that gender-based violence is, is clearly an, an issue mm -hmm. in, in the country. Mm -hmm. um, broader afield, there's been waves of movements like the Me Too, Time's mm -hmm. Up campaigns, mm -hmm. which publicize sexual harassment. And many musicians, many actresses have all been victims of harassment. What do you think these campaigns do in terms of helping advance our progress? Are they helpful or are they harmful? I think the awareness is important. Um, it can get a bit challenging because it can just go over people's heads, um, especially with social media. Um, and I've particularly been asking myself questions about what to do what shall I do? Shall I throw a concert? <laughs> shall I put on a concert and, and bring all women together? Um, what's the best way to tackle the issues that we are dealing with? The reality is that um, women are not safe in our country. We are not safe. And um, it's an issue that's gone on for a long enough period. You know, it's an issue that I know in, you know, in my office, you know, it's something that we talk about a lot. We talk about our safety. We are always on the road rushing from one place to the next. Um, and what about that little schoolgirl um, child who's walking from school um, back home alone? What about um, that young um, varsity student who just graduated and is an intern and has to cross the bridge to go catch the taxi so she can head to work. There's so much um, that is going on that is really disturbing. Um, and I think we need to do more than have have the campaigns. I'm really from my, I'm also quizzing myself as to what is the best way? What shall we do? I don't think we've got an answer yet. Um, mm. Otherwise, it it wouldn't be the issue mm. that it is. Mm. But mm. as you say, mm. awareness is is part of it, and it's it's got to be a massive social aspect that um, rewires some of our our thinking some in society. Thinking. Yes. Going back to you, one mm. of the questions that I ask my guests, who've all made tremendous achievements in in their respective fields on this show is about some of the factors that they consider have been key contributors to their success. Like some people speak about hard work, uh, perseverance, a fear of failure. Mm. What would you say have been some of your guiding factors? I think for me it's always been important to move forward, to have a sense of urgency. I think that's always been a guiding factor where I wake up every day and try and do better than I've done the day before. I monitor. I love information. I love to know why um, I'm receiving the results that I'm receiving. So I'm always going back into the final details and trying to pick up um what it really is that I need to do. So I've, I've taken a lot of responsibility to myself um, to achieve the dreams that I had, I have for myself. And then I think also 
the importance of su- surrounding yourself with people that are for you. I found that um, whenever I'm not sure about the decisions I'm making or I'm feeling uneasy, I always go back and look at the times that I've done really well and asked myself what I was doing right. And I found that most of the times is because I've had people around me that uh, have my best interests at heart. That's a really good uh, retrospection to have and speaks Mm. about the enablers around us that we Mm. don't do things by ourselves. No, we don't, especially as women. I often say to my friends that um, the partner that you choose is the most important decision that you'll ever make. I read a book by, what's her name? The CEO of Facebook. Cheryl Sandberg. Cheryl Sandberg, yes. She actually talks about it. She, I think, goes deep into how she got married when she was young, in her 20s, and quickly, you know, married the wrong type of person for her. And then she remarried in her 30s, married a man that is as driven as she is. She even talks about before you get married to someone, um, like... Uh, basically I'm trying to find the right way to explain it test put test measures in place um, to check if is this person um, the person that's going to work with you with your vision and your goals and your career Um, she talks about simple things as if you are a career woman um, knowing exactly that you won't always be home at 6 p.m. Sometimes I come back from the studio at 2 in the morning and sometimes you have to, you know, just stay with your friends up late until 12 midnight and and rock up at your partner's place and say, I was in studio just to check, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just to check if, if, if w- is this person willing to be adjustable to the lifestyle that you have because of the dreams that you have for yourself. And I definitely think all women should not just accept a partner. They should really test to see if this is the person that will be for them when they have to further their dreams and their goals. Otherwise, it can be a complete inhibitor. And Mm. those Mm. those aspirations and dreams will never see the light of day. Mm. Mm. Which women would you say have been key influences in your life or role models? My mom. My stage name is actually my mother's name. <laughs> um, I've grown to appreciate my mom as I've become a woman in my own right. You know, she's a woman that's she's very savvy. She saves money. She saves, saves, and saves money. She invests. She's all about listening to your gut feel. Like if I call her now and I have a challenge and I, she is never going to decide for me. She will tell me that I need to be still, sit with myself. The answer is within myself. And as I've grown older, I've realized that she's always empowered me to, to be myself, to be more of myself. And of course, there's Mamu Von Chaga Chaga, who actually showed me that it's possible. It's possible to own your own music, to you know be in charge of your own career to have a family and to be a respectable woman in your society and i would say the other women that i look up to are obviously oprah 
because she owns <laughs> you know she she has in ownership of all her hard work her intellectual property and um you know all the projects that she's involved in she fully immenses herself and fully invests herself into those projects three wonderful ladies yeah. and lastly as we close out today's show could you share a few words of inspiration or wisdom that you'd like to pass on to ladies that are listening to us on the continent I would say to ladies, it's our time now. There's never been a more phenomenal time. Um, it's the time to step up, you know. Um, our continent has um, the biggest number of youth compared to other continents. And who's going to provide jobs for those youth? It's us. And, and it's not just us as in us young ones, it's us women. We have the capabilities um, to work hard, to put ourselves in position whereby we are changing our society and we are also um, providing economic value, you know, to, our, to the ecosystem of the countries that we live in, be it, you know, I am originally from Zimbabwe, but I proudly pay tax in this country. I proudly um, own a company that, uh, you know, is staffed by people that, you know, are from this country. And I proudly make my contribution um, to this country and not just the country, the continent. And I feel like there's just never been a better time for women to do so. I think that is such an awesome message, one that is rooted in practical aspects, yeah. entrepreneurship, yeah. At taking ownership Definitely. for your life and responsibility. I believe in the, I am the DIY. I'm the queen of DIY. <laughs> I believe in doing it yourself. Great message. Be the DIY. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. You have been listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. And we have been talking to multi-award winning singer, songwriter, guitarist and music producer, Miss DIY Burrito. <laughs>